G'day punters, welcome to the deep dive. Pete Anthonis alongside Shaden Curlio, Jackson Oldham and Rob Scurry. We will be reviewing all the Group 1 racing from Flemington, from Rose Hill as well. Uh, but we'll start with a little bit of the AFL. Jackson, your team, the mighty Brisbane Lions, have now made it through to the prelims. They're playing Geelong this Friday at the MCG. I'll be going, you'll be going. What were you thinking at, say, quarter time? And then what were you thinking into the third quarter? Because I'll get your reaction and contrast with Melbourne fan Curly just in a second. Yeah, so I just just skipping back to the fact that I will be there Friday night against Geelong. Uh, we're recording this at 9.51. Uh, tickets come out in nine minutes. So if I go fight at some point during this podcast, it's because I'm trying to get tickets. Uh, <laughs> quarter time, I thought we were lucky to not be seven goals down. Um, halfway through the second term, I thought, yeah, this is going to be right. We're going to get beaten by 45 points, kind of what I was expecting. And then Melbourne just stopped as if shot. And I didn't think we played particularly great in the second half. Melbourne were just worse. What's your expectation going into the game against Geelong? Obviously, you'll need to play probably more consistently. Than yeah, my, my, my expectation is we're going to get beat comfortably, but that's been my expectation the last two weeks as well. So, okay. Well, we do have a question from Geordie Brio on Twitter. Uh, does Jared Berry deserve his suspension? Um. I don't know. It's the AFL. Maybe, maybe not. We'll find out. I'm sure it probably gets thrown out in the end. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll yeah, get off that yeah. for sure. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Girls, uh, what were you thinking watching the game? Because obviously they got off to a reasonably comfortable start, Melbourne. And as Jackson said, they did basically what Melbourne's done all year and pretty much been incapable of playing more than three quarters. Yeah, we have been a bottom eight side the last eight weeks. Um, I was too busy taking $9 Betfair uh, in run on Brisbane. Um, Same. Just, just like, I, don't know, I don't know whether anyone watches sport or watches footy. Like, well, I, I suppose that's – I'm only going on Twitter here where it's sort of arguable how many full-grown male adults have fully developed brains on that platform. I'm certainly one of them. Um, Melbourne had never finished the last quarter. Like in the last in the last ten weeks, they've been going terrible. The forward line was non-existent. The goals that they kicked um, in the first like sixty minutes of the game, the forward line movement was horrific and just got lucky on a few. Um, just a shit side the last ten weeks and got what they deserved. Yeah, basically, um, they're going to have to do something about the forward line. And obviously, Tom McDonald not being there as another key target. Ben Brown was a disgrace. Like. Proper different bloke than what played finals last season. Proper disgrace. He spent half the um, half the time on the ground. Ben Brown. He just was on well, the ball. Even when he's like yeah. going at the ball, he just looks like a fucking stiff arm mannequin, and he just <laughs> fall over and lay on the ground. And, um, uh, anyway, I tell you, oh, full credit, full credit. Darcy Gardner um, cleaned up um, Dusty two weeks ago. Took him out of the game. And um, he had a massive influence on the game in the second half with his job on Bailey Fritch. And he certainly did. Um, good defender yep. in form. But we'll need a miracle because, yep. like, how do they beat Geelong? Uh, who I despise. I just can't see that. Anyway, who gives a shit? Melbourne what's, the, what's the line there? 40 points? 30 points? 35 and a half, I think. They'll, yep. they'll cover. <laughs> do we have any thoughts in the other games, Sydney Collingwood? I mean, that looks like a really... <laughs> Fun game to watch yeah. on on paper, so you know, hopefully, this game's a good game. Yeah, that'll be an actual 
game you'd think rather yeah. than the likely one-sided affair Friday night. Yeah, a bit I, of a I shame. Think, a bit of a shame. I would have loved to seen both or either in a grand final. Yeah, Collingwood Sydney. I like yeah. their game style. The one thing I will point out with Collingwood is that Frio was completely shot in that game. They were just awful throughout. They could not move the ball forward. Their forward line was stationary. And really in the last quarter when they actually decided to kick the ball forward, they managed to put quite a few goals on Collingwood. So I think that's probably a small concern for them going up towards Sydney, who's had a week off. But uh, look, we'll see. It will be entertaining, that's for sure. All right, let's... Talk about some racing. There's breaking news this morning coming out of the West, reported by Jay Rooney that Bob Peters is taking Western Empire, Regal Power and Stageman back to Perth. Bit of a curious move for me. I still maintain that Western Empire is an inconclusive preparation, just given the fact that he's had only two soft tracks. I know they're not horrendously wet, but at the same time, I'm still convinced that he goes better on a dry surface. And um, look, Stageman's probably just at his level and, Look, for Regal Power, I still don't think he's anywhere near being fully fit. Jackson, what did you think? Yeah, I I tend to agree. Um, stage man has created really well both starts yeah. this prep. And, I mean, it was was unlucky, I thought, first up. But, yeah, interesting. Interesting because Tadio, according to all reports, was airborne with his two stables. <laughs> so this is this – is, um, this is some news. Pretty you, surprising, I would have thought. You really did come back with one of the great all-time just put-downs after the little racing.com headline there on Twitter and you turned around and just wheeled out the punning form statistics and basically just ended the conversation. Well, you know, I've, I don't sort of it, – it was just wrong. Yeah, you're, you're just reporting facts really and that, yeah. that's yeah, all you I, need to do to, to create that argument. Yeah, I th- I th- even his last 50 and zero for 49 in Metro Melbourne since the start of July. So. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, I must say that although we've been uh, critically analysing the performance of these horses because, well, in particular, I expect them to go well, I yeah. thought the improvement shown by Graceful Girl physically was phenomenal first up to second up. I thought she'd turn a corner completely and, and ran like it. So I still think there's definitely going to be a race in her over here this spring. But I, as I said, I, I still feel like the move of taking Western Empire away and he looked as good as he possibly could there on Saturday. But he basically went to go into the race and his wheels spun there at the top of the straight. So I yep. think that's a, a very premature move there. But, you know, Bob's not a data person. He couldn't give a shit what I think and he couldn't give a shit what anyone else thinks. So, uh, look, I'm sure they'll turn up in the, the newly named Northerly Stakes, formerly in Kingston Town, and be hard to beat there depending on who else comes across from the from the east. So, anyway, that was uh, a fun experiment while it lasted. We'll see who Bob sends his horses to next time. All right, let's talk about Flemington. Jackson, I'm mindful that tickets are about to go on sale. So, Curls, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> There's a question here off the tweets um, from Anthony. Can you ask Curly why I only got 20 to 1 for Baller instead of his quote of 130 to 1? Because he took unders, Anthony. <laughs> Honestly. Um, yes, uh, interesting. Once wasn't that long ago, it was a novelty for a Queensland horse to go south of the border to race, let alone go down and race and win. Um, it's a horse that we've been on the service in Sydney and in Queensland. Um, Rob and I had a quick discussion about this horse um, <laughs> before we started recording. <laughs> Rob backs it every start, regardless, because he loves it. Basically, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just didn't. I, I was just uncertain if we'd been able to measure up in that grade, and um, you know, what it beat, what ran second, 
um, oh, Rockin' Horse, which we were on at $17 yeah. for the service. Oh. Who's a Group oh, 1 winner, yeah. 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 You know, Ballers ball is a, you know, Group 3 sort of, you know, he wasn't a Group 1 performer in Queensland. He's just a, bit, a rung below that, you know, Group mm. 3 sort of horse. Um, and then he, so we've now had... Uh, Tony Golan go down and train a winner. Steve O'Day and Matt Hoisted obviously have had a couple of winners now and Scalapini again, which was a gun ride. Um, and Robert Heathcote obviously with Rothfire. Um, I, look, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, Cyril Small went down and rode a winner for some country trainer <laughs> next next week. Unbelievable. <laughs> Keep sending them down, boys. Keep sending them down. Yeah, I mean, is that more race fitness, do you think, more than anything? They're just coming down. They're, they've still got that residual fitness from the Queensland Carnival. They've been, you know, sunning themselves up there in the warmer climate and they're running into all these horses that are clearly not ready down here. I don't know. I mean, some of those horses needed to be ready because they're on their level. Yeah. You know, like, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just a strange one, I suppose. Um, you know, I'm sort of sitting up here betting in the Queensland off-season and it's horrific um, quality of racing and, I suppose there's a little. That's why I was look unsure if they'd measure up down there, but some of these. But anyway, they've yeah. done more than measure up, haven't they? Rob, talk to us about Baller because you've been on his back probably more times than any other horse I can remember that you've been following. You know, it's been a few over the years. You know, AM Alize, mm. but uh, Baller's always been your boy. Talk to us yeah. about him. The fastest son of High Chaparral. It's just a tragedy. <laughs> he's lost his nuts. <laughs> Oh, what an animal! What a specimen! I think Jackson Oldham described him as a beast. On he was Saturday. a beast. He looked yeah, outstanding. He's, yeah, he's a beast. <laughs> he's a beast. He's like he looks like he's always looked like a weight for age horse. So yeah. when I see a weight for age horse, the horse looks like a weight for age horse walking around against horses in, in a in a BM seventy eight. I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm gonna get excited and tell all in sundry that you know this is a bet. Um, yeah, he's he's got. I'm up on him because because I'm just belligerent. Um, but yeah, I've got to say, Rock and Horse is a much better result for me. Um, but I knew I was cooked 300 hours. I, I actually swore at my boy. Fuck off, baller. <laughs> Fuck off. He's <laughs> uh, anyway. had quite a, a storied career as well. He's gone from uh, Anthony and Edward Cummings to Chris Waller to Tony Gollan. So. Yeah, look, Colin's done a, a great job, obviously, with this horse and with quite a few others that he's managed to recycle from, from New South Wales. But probably the story when it comes to these straight races and the racing in general there on Saturday was the conditions. It was a pretty decent headwind. It was absolutely freezing on course. But with the straight races, I've got horses settling on speed impacted to about one length. So there was one length disadvantage yeah. there. You saw the horses getting cover and that smother were just able to finish over the top of them. And as a result, the tempos of most of these races were in the slow to very slow range. So, Jackson, with that in mind, how difficult is doing a review here? Very, very difficult. Um, tried to do it this morning and um, – Found it found it tough in in terms of uh, gauging you know what what horses are going to peak out of this what you know what horses were advantaged. Um, I found it a really tricky meeting and also watching Rock and Horse get beat a short half head, watching on sure. um, Thunderstruck win from impossible position, watching the other eighty bets I have get beat in unfortunate in unfortunate ways. It was um it was a difficult morning to do the review. I yeah. Say. Look, I think it's probably one of those where you have to trust the the SP to a certain degree, and yeah, 
you know, if you if you did back one of those horses, like you're looking at some of those horses that settled on speed and the Bobby Lewis and looked slow tempo granted, but the astrologist, Red Can Man, they were there without cover, rocking horses just behind them. Swats that I thought was pretty good, but also I don't know how much more improvement would be there. The horse looked very forward first up for, yeah. for the Maoistas team. Um yeah. and then even you've got horses back in the field, which you know, shooting for gold as well was there on speed and it probably has excuses going back towards a, a turn. So look, the Bobby Lewis in itself is quite difficult to pull apart. Um, some of the other races, like the Maccabi Diva, I think that was just more, uh, well, it was probably more straightforward to a certain extent. And um, Alligator Blood, as we said, probably just dented by that headwind in the straight. Circle races, I've got a little bit less prevalence, about half a length as opposed to the full length, but that was enough to basically just dull it over the last 200 as I'm thunderstruck, run it over. Um, I still reckon it was a great bet, Jacko, because Alligator Blood did drift out there late and at the 200, as they went past the clock tower, past me, it would definitely look like it was going to be hard to get past. Yeah, 100%. I just thought he was the map horse. He improved a bunch from the yard, a yep. stat off that, um, off that first up run. And I just thought, obviously, I, I laid on thunderstruck. I just thought with the map issues, um, it was the clear bet in the race and I mean it's been beaten by a freak and it's been beaten in a photo so I stand by the bet at six dollars that's yeah cool. completely and look let's let's face it both baller and I'm thunderstruck given just 10 out of 10s from Mark Zara who rode three on the day and still yep. manages to just probably be the most brilliant jockey in Victoria I think it's um, probably fair to say a lot of these rides his timing on I'm thunderstruck getting it off the fence into the straight and getting it clear was just absolutely perfect Mm, it, is, it is a game of inches, Peter, this racing game, isn't it? And um, Tim Clark won the um, Racing.com Ride of the Day Award, um, staggeringly. Uh, I thought his uh, increase of acceleration for the eight to the six was the difference between winning and losing rather than a gradual acceleration from the 800. He pressed the button um, and didn't leave enough in the tank. Like that's the facts. When a little that's bit what the too data slow says. early, yeah, a little bit too slow early, and then um, like detonated the horse from the eight hundred rather yeah. than it, increase of tempo. Increase twelve point five two to eleven one. So it's a big yeah. Increase. Oh wow, it's a big increase, right? That's not good. So and I'm saying that I'm saying that the ride cost alligator blood the race. Yeah, that's what like I'm it. saying. Like that's what I'm saying. Because I've ridden 100 Group 1 winners on the couch <laughs> looking at data on a Monday. That's just how it is. It's a game of inches. Like, I know that um, Thunderstruck sort of, I think he went to go back, went to go out and had to come back in. Like, it was a complete gun ride. Zara's a freak. He rides four months of the year in Victoria and he's still better than everyone else. Don't even know whether he rides track work, does he? He just turns up race day and dominates everyone. No, it's just, it's just too good. Uh, we do have a question here from, from George of Twitter. Can we see on Thunderstruck do something similar in his next race? Well, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here in that what has he beaten? We've got Curl's argument for the ride there on Alligator Blood. We've got Mwanga running third, which is three wide, no cover for most. Cascadians run fourth. Western Empire, Regal Power have gone home. Nonconformist and she's ideal of stayers beaten eight and ten lengths. So if you yeah. discount the performance of alligator blood going to its level basically and look it is a good level and i'm yep. thunderstruck has gone to a good level previously we've seen this similar figure he does have about two or three lengths improvement to come but 
depending on who his opponents are next start, I mean, is he necessarily guaranteed to find that peak again? I would say yes of this. I really like it uh, going forward. Um, like, like pretty slow, slow tempo versus the class, and he was just able to build, build off it. I, I don't see how he doesn't peak again third up, personally. Okay. Jacko, what about Moonga? How did he play? He's a toe, can be a toey bugger. Yeah, he was you... just toey again. Um, he wasn't as warm as yeah. I've I've seen him in the past, but yeah, he was he was toey pulling the pulling the pulling um, around. Yeah, the, and Annabelle as well around around the yard. But um, yeah, just a sort of standard parade from what I've seen from Moonga. I'll be fascinated to see the starting prices of some of these going forward to next start. If I'm Thunderstruck's unders, I just have to take it on, just given the the general racing pattern of the horse. Full stop. But yeah. What's his distance? A, oh, look, I think this is his distance. I think it is the mile. I um, think he's a miler, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's why. So I still think he improves next up, uh, next start in an underwood, but then deep, deep into prep, they're going underwood, might and power over 2,000, then into a cop's plate fifth up. That might that might be the end of him there. But um, I don't think next start's the start to take him on. Yeah. Okay. Race seven was the let's elope the group two for the mares and kiss on all four cheeks. Second start, Nick Ryan and three wide with cover throughout. As soon as uh, she got cover with Zara on board, she was trucking into the turn and just managed to run down Lady of Honor. It was a slow tempo race, but you know, the leader obviously did well to keep finding there and yearnings run third uh, at a big price there coming from the back as well. Jacko, again, just looking up the general data here, slow tempo race, done what she needed to do there. The winner probably has a bit more improvement to come, though. I think so. Yeah. I I, I really wanted to be on. But I was just worried she wasn't going to yeah. – I didn't want to be on if she was three wide exposed. I thought it was going to make it really tough for her. But once MZR got cover, it was almost game over. Uh, we were on the Dan Bowman horse up uh, – Fortunate kids at $31, which never, ever, ever got any room in the straight. This was a really fun 90 minutes between about race five and race eight for me at HQ. It was, uh, you had quite a few bad beats there on the weekend, I'm not going to lie. It was particularly sick. And uh, I did average $15 Lady of Honor in run and $28 yearning. So that was good too. Yeah, gross. one more thing. We haven't discussed the protests in race one, uh, space walk. No. Just... Did anyone think it – I mean, yeah. I, I must say I was on a train there because it was a disaster trying to get to Flemington there on the weekend. But uh, did anyone think it wasn't going to be upheld? When Me. I saw the head on, I thought head um, upheld for sure. Yeah. Now, Blake Shin was doing his absolute best to be soft on the horse. Um, obviously, he's a bit wayward. Um the horse itself has been wayward, so it looked like Blake was too scared to give him a bit of rain um, and couldn't put a margin on the second horse because of it. Could that have well, made a difference? I'm guessing they went slow in that race because um, space uh, was pretty even. Yeah, pretty even. Well, he looked like he pulled the whole way to me. Mm. Yeah, same. He's um, probably the right result, though, looking at that head on, though. Um, Jackson, as we said, tough race or tough meeting to pull apart. Was there any other race or any other runner that you'd be happy to follow going next up? 
Yeah, uh, English Riviera in yep. race well, race three. They just went that they went really quick here uh, down the straight, and it was exposed into the wind. Uh, and I thought the, the effort to be to be sort of there at the hundred still um, was was very good. So not sort of my usual usual run that I want to be on next up. But yeah, I thought English Riviera English Riviera Riviera was very good. Yeah, it's a big, strong thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Against those as well, like a lot of them were just sort of weak. Yeah. Weak. Yeah, it's a big, strong filly. One more. Shout mm. out to Lindsay. Where is Berkeley Square in the, in the derby now? Is, is, he, is he a $12 shot? Uh, look, in Probably. terms of the overall data, again, Jackson, like we're looking at these races and, I mean, it was really good there at the concluding stages to sort of ping through the gap, but... Again, the data is still relatively plain. We still—I'm sure it's got more upside than this, but it needs to be seen in a faster tempo race. But again, we're not really finding out too much about some of these, are we? No, no. And and on a dar- if it's going a derby campaign, they're taking a long time to get it yeah, up. Yeah, it's not. Surely it's not the script. It's talking guineas more than derby with it. Oh, well, that- moment. It is mm. the six dollar favourite for the Victorian Derby, but uh, yeah, <laughs> as the boys are talking about, that's uh, probably looks a little bit torturous at the moment. All right, that's Flemington done. Uh, we've got obviously Group One racing at Caulfield coming up this weekend. Rob, if we go up to Rose Hill, um, even day by the looks. I don't think there was any dramatic pattern. There was probably a slight advantage to settling on speed, but it wasn't too pronounced. And with the straight for the most part seemed like you could win from pretty much everywhere. Yeah, it was seemed. I was a bit worried after the first two leaders won, but yep. um, yeah, I think I think the the track played really well, and you know, I thought I saw them really well. I was in the chat group telling our subscribers how well I was seeing them. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was it was. I, I feel I feel like you know I was in that kind of good form. At, like if I was a cricketer, I'd be like I've nicked one that's that swung in and then moved back away, and I've somehow got out. So it was a small loss on the day, but I feel like I had some really, really great great bets. Yeah, and I actually appreciated some of your yard intel in, in some of those races, even when I wasn't necessarily betting, but just to get a gauge on where some of these horses are at. So if we start with the run to the rows, uh, the group two, look, in secret, I think I mentioned with uh, with the G-man Gareth Hall on SN on Friday that I thought this would be the way the market came. Uh, I didn't necessarily anticipate it would be that violent, um, but in secret, basically followed on from what it did last start. Nice, impressive splits and ran right over top of Best of Bordeaux, just an even tempo. Uh, Rob, run me through those two and anyone else. Like Fireburn obviously has run fifth here, beaten four lengths. Okay. Um, well, in, in secret to me, it looks like a real athlete, but like a lot of uh, the Godolphin stable is like woolly and it looked like it had a lot of improvement to come. Yep. Um, but lovely sort of style of filly. Um, I, ha- I had a, a great bet here on Sweet Ride, yep. um, which won the lead up. Somehow went around $16 again after looking at just about the pick of the yard. Best of Bordeaux was, were also on in the race. Um, he's not, he's never, well, he, he actually has been one of mine. We, we did win on him early as a two year old, but he's, he's professional, but I don't think he's much good. You know, like they've got to place him very carefully, Coolmore, if they're going to get anything out of him. So sorry, it's, it's, it's a little fella, but he looked like he's improved. So um, credit to, is it Casey still got him? Um, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. well, well, credit to her because I thought he'd improved. So I wasn't expecting to back him. 
Fireburn, she's never been one of mine. Um, she looked forward enough here. Um, she looks a bit sweaty, as she always does. I wouldn't have been shocked if she ran a big race, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure she could. She could be in that golden slipper. She'll be looking for a wet track. Kels, what do you make of best of Bordeaux? Because I look at the data and I just think, well, they're not riding him fast enough early. Yeah, well, see, J-Mac didn't try and lead on him first up. No, which I thought was staggering, was, but they didn't try that in the trials strange. either. No, um, but obviously uh, rode it, uh, well, rode it forward on the on the weekend. But like you say, the tempo was very slow. I, I don't know what's happening there, like taking away its best asset, you know. Like even if you see, I mean, obviously you watch the race, like it was going to run third or fourth yeah. at the yeah. 200. Um, you know, it's battled on to run second. It's got some ticker, um, I think, when ridden to use its best asset, which is its early speed. And, um, you know, for a horse that's no good, it has run second in a golden slipper and could probably um, – actually, probably for it, to be fair, every other track um, that they've raced on in Sydney in the last three weeks has been leaded by. So it gets one yeah. gets a fair track this week and gets beat. Better ran last week, he'll probably wins. Um, uh, Rob, if we jump to race nine, the Scirocco, um Look, in terms of the betting, it was pretty much a match race between Shades of Rose and uh, Espiona, but Shades of Rose managed to hang on there late against Electric Girl, which was stalking the speed. Um, for those horses back in the field, obviously the even tempo didn't necessarily suit in their favour, but they also had their chance at the same time. But run us through what some of these fantasies look like. Okay. Uh, so so Shades of Rose, she's just looked like a moral last three or four starts, but... Um, and I thought she did just about again here, uh, but at the price that requires max bet for subscribers. And um, with my record with Rachel King, um, <laughs> I just I just couldn't do it to myself. Um, and and look, I just feel that maybe if, if I was on it, you know, it gets beaten the photo. But that's holding its condition really well, parading really well, professional. But I'm not sure how much more upside it's got. Um, I did make a comment on Electric Girl in the in, in the yard notes. Yep. I said, um, woolly, uh, fat, but 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 really alert and running. He's, he's gonna run a good race. And um, you know, credit to Chad Schofield riding well, just about just about got there. Um, I don't I don't know how I knew how that was I, that was not a bet um in, in the race. Um I guess she's never been one of mine is she is a bit of a free sweater and she never really parades that good, but she's a proper horse. Espiona, um, I thought she was forward enough here. Coat looked great. Um, she got her head on the side. I know M. Roden wouldn't be happy with that. Um, she seems to have got a bit of a boom on her, so maybe her SP will always be a bit shorter than it would be. Um, yeah, she she won on that heavy track in the championships. I'm not sure quite what to make of her. I guess I'll just judge her next time we see her. Wasn't that like a that was a that was a big drop in class we know that that day at Ramick, wasn't it? Like that was like back in yeah, it like was average like grade. It was like uh, one of those sort of Frank Packer plate kind of three-year-old, you know, it was the, money boosted the races. car stakes, the car stakes. Yeah, okay, it's on the same day as the Frank Packer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think there was a fair bit of um, like post nut euphoria off its Flemington fourteen hundred win that day when it come down. Remember, it won by about six and a half. Oh yeah, cup day good. or cup week. Um, it was the next winks there for a while. Well, it's SP Winks like, hasn't it? Um, well, not Winks like, but it's always been in the market since. Yeah, and I did see there's money for it too. So hopefully the stables had a lash and got beat too. That <laughs> made me feel better as well. 
Um, oh, well, he knew about the last winner, Uncle. He said it was his best of the weekend. And of course I, I he could, did. Uh, he knocked me off. Post-race, um, did he say that or pre-race? No, no, no. He, he he and Charlie did a funny funny kind of bit of social clip on Twitter. Seek it out, Curl. It's, it, it's actually quite... I can't, watch, Char- quite I can't watch, I can't watch Charlie. His eyes frighten the fuck out of me. Yeah. It's got right. scary eyes. <laughs> All right, um, but anyway, they were quite funny. But yeah, they they were saying like, yeah, that's the best. Roll it all up into some footy team, and you know, have a great Good weekend. How easy? How easy is funny? Hey but, Rob, um, just to go back one race, I wanted to ask about the Queenslander Palazzo Pan for Chris Munts ran third. Um, oh, the the four. Yeah, yeah, athletic type, um, close to top. You know, I, I I think maybe up in distance a little bit to me by the look of it. Um, yeah. it's, it's got more of that sort of. Sloping girth, uh, you know, shoulder looks more, and his bum's a bit lighter, so it looks more like a 14, 1400, yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah. And you also got some three year olds in race six, Rob, uh, Golden Mile, comfortable winner. What sort of type is he? Good type, one of the first, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a, he's a good type, and he was a bet for the service. Um, I think Conqueror, I think you know, he's back to BM 70, 76s, yeah. Well and surely out on him, but um, look, I'm not sure how good any of these three-year-old Colts are uh, in in Sydney, but um, he 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 should be there in the in the Golden Rose. What kind of tempo did they go? They looked like they strung out a little bit, and and the 1400 with the solid tempo really seemed to suit him. Or maybe there's no chases. Yeah, there was it was even tempo, 1.3 lengths fast to the 600. So look, I think it's basically a case of as you said, a lot of these aren't much good. Yeah, he made him look really, really poor. Yeah, but um, uh, he he was a case of uh, uh, really relaxed professional parade, you know, good type, and the, the old jock up, perk up. One of my new my new sayings for subscribers is is, is a really little potent little thing from the yard. Uh, you know, when you see a relaxed yeah. horse that when the jock gets on, they perk up a bit. Uh, he he did that, which anyway, good offer went really well. But um, I think he's he's got to be a, a show in the Golden Rose. Uh, the final group two was the Theo Marks in race eight. Kiku's run over the top of Mr. Mozart, who was three wide, no cover throughout. Prime candidate was the leader there off the Evan Tempo, which obviously suited. Uh, look, Jamea, Kementari, Ellsberg, Tissue, they weren't beaten too far either. Uh, look, was any of these vaguely impressive in the yard, Rob? Well, I was on Mr. Mozart. Um, yep. he, he's an impressive 14, 1600 meter type, but he, he raced kind of like he paraded, like fresh and a, a, a bit fucking stupid. Um, I I don't know how he got to the position he got to in run and then kick on. And I actually, as they went past the line, I didn't see uh, kick. <laughs> I thought he'd actually kick back and won because um, yep. I was watching it, you know, at ground level. I didn't see it. Um, Ellsberg, lovely, lovely horse. He was always going to be a tough run here, mapped outside the leader. Um, male good boy, good boy, prime candidate, kick it along like he does um, in the straight, looking the winner. He's such an honest, honest horse who parades very well. If you want to see what a you know good Saturday horse looks like, it's it's prime candidate week in week out. He just parades outstanding. Full credit Bjorn, uh, one of those horses you'd love to own. Um, Kiku, you know, she's just typical, typical kind of relaxed waller. You know, she's been one of mine in mare's grade, but I, I just, yes, she got under my guard here. Um, I thought, yeah, Mr. Mozart, probably the one in Ellsberg to a softer track. Um, but, you know, Kim and Tari looks super again. He, he's run really well. He's, he's really honest. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very small margin between first and sixth. So I'm not quite sure what to make of you know the form, but I think they're about half, you know, almost as good as what Sydney's got in terms of all the horses. That's a, what a lot of the data basically points to from Saturday. You had a lot of even to slow tempo races here in Sydney, and very very homogenous figures as a result. So there was no clear standout in the card. I'll put it that way. Um, quick word on, word on Waterford there in the last. You obviously mentioned that Uncle Chris said it was his best in his you know mug multis with footy teams. But um, how did he look? Um, he he not typical Chris. You know he looked a bit revvy. He had like one like that on Wednesday in the uh, New Zealand Syndicate colours that won for us, which, which was sort of was um, dragging the strap around. Um, in the guy who who straps or used to strap very elegant, so it's one of the best strappers in Australia. He was, that horse on Wednesday was giving him a hard time. And, um, yeah, th- this this one was just, just revvy, blinkers on. Look, he, he's kind of tall. I I, I say he's, he's – I'm still going to say he's a, one of these B-grade Euro sort of types. He's, he's, he's not – you know, I, I think he, he can win again because only because um, the ranks are so thin in these sort of 14 to – 2000 meter races you know old yeah. old fun fact it wasn't too far away earlier in, earlier in the day with top weight you know um i just think that, yeah the, the ranks are thin and yeah he, he could progress but you know, i've got he doesn't he doesn't parade like a really good horse to me and to uh, sum up the meeting the best performance on the day narrowly was remark who won a benchmark 88 and that's in a card with three group twos and a group three so look there's uh it's Plenty going on there, but again, like Flemington, you probably have to do a, a pretty decent um, review when it comes to the replays to be finding winners going forward here from Rose Hill. Uh, Curls, there was a, in fact, a bigger figure. The best figure on the card up there in Queensland was better than anything that performed in Sydney, and that was Tumbler Ridge. Mm. Yeah, it probably should. Be. I think Tumbler Ridge and Punchura should go south of the border, pick up a group race respectively in Sydney. Off the back of it, everything else is winning. Um, yep. uh, we, I was on Punchura was the best result and a small saving bet, Tumbler Ridge. They were the two map horses for me, the two obvious. Um, sort of expected that Punchura would cross Tumbler Ridge and then Invinciano, um, who is a complete, you know, one-trick pony, runs hard, sectionals early, and then Punchura could come off its back and, and win. Um, of course, you know, the obvious is not fucking obvious in Queensland. Mark Duplessis mm-hmm. decides to sit outside the fucking leader and chase the hot speed rather than trail the leader. Um, that was the difference between winning and losing because Tumblr Ridge was able to be given a great ride from Boris the Blade Thornton, um, <laughs> who had horse left the last 200 where Punchery was out on his feet chasing Invinciano. Fucking brain-dead ride, Duplessis. Um, and the race panned out perfectly for Boris on Tumblr Ridge. Uh, Tumbler Ridge has been good. He's knocked off Go Wanji um, previously, who was a spruik horse in Queensland. Um, so, you know, there's no reason why Tumbler Ridge couldn't go. He said there'd be a 1,600-metre mile race, in, a 1,600-metre race in Sydney with six Waller horses and Tumbler Ridge and Puncher could probably go down there and run top three or four. How hard can it be? It's not that hard. Um, overall, didn't get near them um, on Saturday in Brisbane. Terrible horses, terrible off-season class. Um, the Gold Coast track is always downgraded to a heavy 10 if the cat pisses on the track at the 200. Like, it's just hard to bet there because the weather and that track is being renovated while they're still racing on it sort of thing. You know, they start doing the outside and 
you know, they're redeveloping the place. And Toowoomba's playing as bad as I've seen it in the nine years I've been betting here. And thankfully, we're able to identify two leaders um, that were able to get the job done and, and get us out, not just for the day, but for the week. It's been a frustrating couple of weeks. But um, one half a unit, so uh, taste it, boys. Taste Half a unit. <laughs> Got me. I was able to go and buy a coffee this morning. Fruits of the labour. <laughs> a six dollar coffee. That's good. Okay. Uh, week ahead. Jackson Group One racing at Caulfield. Headlines your week. It is the week of the Rupert Clark Stakes. So sorry, I had to check because these aren't real Group Ones. But anyway, the Rupert Clark nominal Group One over fourteen hundred meters. It is. Um, will Will the favourite? One of the only horses with any upside, I wish I win, get into the field. That's the big question mark of the week. How exciting down here in Victoria. More rain. Um, Wangaratta's been called off today. Hamilton's a heavy 10. It'll be called off tomorrow. <laughs> Ladbrokes Park Hillside rails out 186 metres. Uh, <laughs> and then Geelong, Ballarat, Caulfield. Flemington on Sunday. Oaks and Derby trial. Yeah. Okay. Terrible. So Terrible idea of racing, that is. Yes. Oaks and Derby trials. Who cares? The three-year-olds on the twelfth of on the twentieth of September. It used, September. A, used to be a Wednesday meeting. They do that. It did at Geelong or where? No, no. no. At, at HQ, it's been around for well, I want to say four years, maybe. Three why years. wouldn't you go to a Derby trial or an Oaks trial when it's forty grand to the winner? Like, why wouldn't you go there? Well, because if you have a Tarby also you might not be winning races two months out. Anyway. Makes sense. Yep. How um, how, how about Sandown going to be on uh, Wednesday? Bit of self-interest? Oh, it's a great question. Where it, What's Jane got? We're at a soft six currently. Um, not much rain around the next two days, so it could be all right. That, that could be one of the best meetings of the week, which is a concern. Oof. Bit too much anyway, excitement. That's my week ahead. All right. Very good. Uh, Rob, you've got Warwick Farm Wednesday. You've got the Newcastle Gold Cup meeting on Friday. So you've got three days of Mountain Yard mail this week. Mm. And then you're backing up the next day, Saturday, the Group 1 George Main at Randwick. Yeah, big week. It's about the only week of the year I'll do three meetings. Um, you know, Jesus, get... Pete. You're doing yeah. Newcastle. I'm going to Newcastle. It's where my oh, wife live. So I fucking hell. Here I had in my diary that I was spending Friday listening to Gary Harley tip Chrissy Lee's runners that are favourites. And now you're here and you're going down there. <laughs> yeah, mate. So now I'm I have up. to change my whole schedule. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's, it's me and Dad. Um, it would be a bit of a duke out between us. Um, looking forward and, to that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to, to that meeting. Got the Tibby Stakes. I used to have the, the Spring Stakes, one of my favourite races. I don't do that anymore. You know, change the programming. Um, this one more, maybe it's the Cameron Handicap. Uh, Chrissy Lee's will have a few. Um, but yeah, looking, looking, looking forward to that. Then we jump on the train. We get to George Main and Surround Stakes, and um, yeah, great meeting in Randwick. Weather looks all right, so you know, um, a lot of betting. I reckon I'll do at least thirty units. To spend at least thirty units this week. Perfect time to get your stuff. You can also get twenty-four hour passes as well for Mountain Yard Mail now as well for nine ninety-nine. So if you want to jump on board last minute, you can get a twenty-four hour pass on the cheap. Perfect time to try it for Rob's stuff. Not sure I can make it any more obvious than that. Uh, Curls, your yeah. meeting or your oh, week up in Queensland. Peter. How Peter. many? 
Sit yourselves down, boys. Have a listen to this for a week. <laughs> Tuesday's Yapoon. Now, Yapoon's just sort of like north, east of Rockhampton. Um, so expect it to be like firm and leaders. Wednesday's Doobin. Um, they're running out of horses at these meetings. Uh, Friday's Kilcoy, the Mooney Valley of the North. Jackson, you might have heard that saying being thrown around a little bit. Yeah, about... About every time it's on. Yep. Yep. Uh, and it triggers me every time I hear it. Now, a bit going on here on Saturday, right, because it's it's Dolby Cup at Dolby. Fair. Makes sense. It's a Dolby. Bunya Park. Um, we've also got a tab meeting at Gatton. So Dolby would be like 80K sort of like north, northwest-ish, nor-norwest from <laughs> Toowoomba, and Gatton's about 35Ks east, so like – like, like, we don't have enough jockeys to ride in one meeting, let alone two on the same day. So that'll be there'll be some quality there. Um, and then the the TAB meeting, the, sorry, the TAB meeting, the Metropolitan meeting is at the Gold Coast for crying out loud. So let's hope it doesn't rain and we get it. Well, when it doesn't rain, we get what we got two Fridays ago, lead them dominated. And when it does rain, it's like automatically a heavy ten and. They win down the middle. So that that's the Saturday meeting is Pink Ribbon Cup Day at, at the Gold Coast. So it could be the first Saturday that we don't bet Metropolitan and bet Dolby and Gatton. Big chance. Well worth well worth the admission price just to come along and have a laugh. I think that uh, that sounds far more enticing than what I've got anyway. <laughs> Belmont Wednesday, Northern Thursday, Belmont Saturday, Kalgoorlie Boulder Cup meeting there on Sunday. Uh, just some of the riding over there at the moment is um, – I think to call it dog shit is offensive to dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's finish with some quick questions. The remainders yep. from Twitter. Uh, Xavier Ross, is Grand Slam tennis more interesting without the big three curls? Oh, when is tennis interesting? Um, when Kyrgios is playing. When Kyrgios is playing. Yeah. Tennis needs stars and it needs personalities because it's a boring sport without it. Sam Briggs asked, where to next for alligator blood? And Alan Andrews answered, Group 1 Underwood. So it's great <laughs> to see Alan, who doesn't follow the mailbag's Twitter handle, uh, is clearly just searching <laughs> alligator <laughs> blood. Um, <laughs> and finally, Tyson, when's Farlap returning? Yes. Now, I've heard that Dr. John Hammond, who you would <laughs> probably know from Jurassic Park, the bloke that got the mosquito DNA and reinvented dinosaurs. Yep. Has been in contact with the um, with the Melbourne um, Museum. Museum. And talks are underway. Because of the lack of Group 1 horses in Australia that are any good, there is talk of bringing back Fala and Dr John Hammond is engaged in those talks right now. Do we know where we're getting the Farlap DNA from? Because I believe his skin is in one part of the world, his bones are in another part, and his heart might still be in a jar somewhere. His heart still calls Melbourne home, Peter, <laughs> and it sits proudly at the museum. Like like all great Kiwis who have jumped across the <laughs> ditch, they're just like hanging. They're yeah. everywhere here. It's bloody amazing. I don't know why we haven't overtaken. I don't know why we just don't invade New Zealand and just call it East Australia. Yeah. If they'd had any natural resources, we probably would. 
At least we'd win the rugby as well. No, hang on, no, we wouldn't. We'd lose to Ireland. Um, okay. And on that note, uh, guys, thank you as always. We'll catch up next week. We'll talk about some stuff then. Until then, go well, guys.